Welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. I'd like to invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Lord, all glory and praise belongs to you alone. As we continue to learn from your word today, allow our hearts to be tender to receive from you and make our feet and hands swift to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, great morning, everyone. And we're journeying together, learning from the book that the prophet Isaiah wrote. And today, we're going to look into chapter 10, verses 20 to 25. And if you have your Bibles, I would love to encourage you to open it with me on that passage. It says here, In that day, the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no more lean on him who struck them, but will lean on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. A remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will return. Destruction is decreed, overflowing with righteousness. For the Lord, the God of hosts, will make a full end as decreed in the midst of all the earth. Therefore, thus says the Lord, God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrians when they strike with the rod and lift up their staff against you as the Egyptians did. For in a very little while, my fury will come to an end and my anger will be directed to their destruction. Now, have you ever been in a hopeless situation? I remember my husband telling me this story that happened when he was about grade 5. He grew up in the province and I've been to that place and their house is literally just steps away from the beach. So every now and then he told me that they would go out there and swim. But one time when while he was swimming, he attempted to go to the deeper part of the sea and you guessed it right, he found himself drowning. So imagine the situation. He was hopeless, helpless, running out of breath. And he told me he really thought that he was going to die then and there until suddenly he felt a hand reach out to him and drew him out of the water. Praise God for his older system who saw him and rescued him out of the situation. But imagine this with me. What if in the midst of that life and death situation, my husband rejected the only hand that is able to help him at that moment? You would say, what a foolish thing to do, right? Well, I'm glad that he didn't or else I would not have enjoyed living the life with the most awesome person in the whole wide world. But you see, the picture of my sweetheart rejecting the hand of his sister is what exactly Judah did when they chose to trust the Assyrians instead of God for their deliverance. In fact, they did not just reject his hand, his help, his salvation. They did not just reject what God can offer, by, but they rejected him. You see, the passage that we read is very crucial, not just for Judah, but for us as well, because it speaks of God's promise of deliverance and faithfulness in the midst of a hopeless situation coupled with rebellion. So what do I mean by that? Just to give us all a brief background so that we can understand the context of the verse that we are going to look into and appreciate it all the more. The past chapters, which we have studied during the past devotionals, gave us a picture on how seemingly hopeless Judah's situation is. They were about to be attacked by Israel and Syria, but... In chapter 7, God told Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah not to be afraid because God himself will deliver them. And I don't know about you, but if I am caught in that very hopeless situation, I would want help, the best help that I can get. Imagine, very hopeless situation, and yet in the midst of that, God offers salvation. Wow! 
You would think that Judah would be delighted to respond to this, right? But instead of trusting God's word and promise of salvation, Judah turned to someone else to deliver them out of the situation. They turned to Assyria for deliverance. And true enough, you see, the Assyrians were able to win the battle against Israel and Syria, but only because God allowed them to. But the plot twist is this. See, the very people they trusted to deliver them from their enemy has now become their enemy. Imagine this with me. You know, if you were offered help, uh, if you offered help to someone and that person rejected it, you won't feel responsible for them anymore, right? I think most of us would say, well, I did my part. You know, it's up to them. But you see, not with our God. Imagine Judah's situation is actually a result of their own disobedience and rebellion. But in the midst of all this, God told them not to be afraid. Imagine in the midst of the judgment, which they deserve, God wants to comfort His people and bring them hope by reminding him them that His promise of deliverance and salvation still stands. What a faithful God we have. And His faithfulness is not dependent on their response, but on who He is. Remember, they rejected Him, you know, ran to other people. And you know, the greatest assurance of that is this. Though judgment will come, His faithfulness will come through as well. And that is what verses 20 to 25 is all about. And thinking about this made me reflect and ask this question. How do we tend to respond when we are faced with a hopeless situation? Do we trust God and His promise of deliverance and redemption? Or do we turn to our own Assyrians for deliverance and salvation? I want us to understand this. God is the only one who can be trusted with regards to our salvation. The verses that we read tells us that the very thing that you, the lead on, trusted on, placed their hopes on, struck them. And just like what I said, it's a consequence of their action. It's a consequence of the choice that they made. But what's amazing is this. In the midst of their rebellion, God offers redemption. And as we've been hearing and learning the past days going through the book of Isaiah, we know that judgment is not God's final sentence. And that is what the remnant of Israel signifies. The remnant speaks of a group of people who would turn back to God. In the midst of rebellion, God still offers mercy and compassion. He continues to extend His hand, not just for judgment, but to offer salvation. It's like we're in that hopeless situation, just like my sweetheart was drowning, you know. That hand is being offered to us, reaching out to us to save us out of that situation. And that is true even for us today. In the midst of our rebellion, in the midst of the wrong choices that we made, when we tend to not trust God and lean on other things to save us from our situation, God continues to stretch out His hand, not just to judge, but to bring redemption. In the New Testament, Paul, in his letter to the Roman believers, specifically in chapter 11, tells us, tells us that we may not be a part of the original Israelite clan, but God, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, grafted us into this branch. We became a part of God's family because of what Jesus did for each and every one of us on the cross. You see, you know, I believe that more than preserving a nation, God's desire is for humanity's redemption. You know, the remnant of Israel is a testament of God's faithfulness, not just to that nation, but to us, His entire creation. And today, He's reaching out His hand, allowing us to respond. The question is, will we respond to Him and acknowledge that He's the only one 
who can take us out of this hopeless situation that we are in. Let's just take this time to pray. Lord, we acknowledge today that you are the only one who can be trusted. Lord, forgive us for the times when we trusted our own Assyrians to deliver us out of our situation. And God, whatever the equivalent of that Assyria is in our lives, in our heart, Lord, we submit it to you and say, Lord, we surrender this. Lord, we know that this can save us, rescue us. Lord, whatever the source of my security, strength, confidence, and peace that is not from you, that is apart from you, I surrender it now. Help me to trust in your word alone. Help me to trust you alone, knowing that you are faithful and true. And ask your people, even as you have stretched out your hand to save and redeem us, may you also use us to be your hands to reach out to others as well. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, mercy, and grace upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I believe that the most appropriate response to this revelation is to worship God. So we're going to do that today as we sing this song once again to God. We will follow you with everything that we have. We will follow you. Oh, there is no turning back. We will follow you. With all our lives we will sing, we will follow you. We will follow you with everything that we have. We will follow you, oh there is no turning back. We will follow you with all our lives we sing we will follow you glory everlasting glory you alone are mighty you alone are worthy to be praised over all creation we sing of your salvation Glory to the King As we end our time together, let me speak this word of blessing unto you from Isaiah 41 verse 10. May you always be courageous knowing that the Lord is with you to strengthen you and help you and uphold you with His righteous right hand. Go in the peace of God. God bless everyone and have a great day. been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this will help you build a habit of hearing from God every day. If you'd like more messages like these, you can follow us on Spotify or on our Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch these messages, you can watch them every weekday morning on our Victory PH Facebook page.